Welcome, my name is Dan Vikas and this is The Common Good Show, a program that celebrates a fundamental truth. Life is a beautiful gift full of blessings and trials, learning experiences and opportunities to grow. This is a show that celebrates the little yet profound experiences in our lives that add value, improve our outlook and encourage us to appreciate everyday blessings from God. These are the conversations that contribute to and highlight the common good as told through the experiences and words of our special guests. All of our guests share an unwavering commitment to their faith and the acceptance that they are at their very best when God is put first in their lives. What is the common good, you might ask? Simply stated, it is the sum total of social conditions that allow people, either as groups or an individual, to reach their fulfillment in its entirety. This morning, I have Tyler Rosser with me, mm-hmm. coach of the Ave Maria Women's Varsity, well, yeah, yeah. head soccer <laughs> team. I guess it's not varsity uh-huh. at this point, yeah. but yeah, welcome. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you for having me. Thanks. I, I appreciate you coming out. and getting this together and mm. I'm I'm really looking forward to, yeah. to our conversation. So I'll, I'll just start it off right mm-hmm. just with our big question. What's yeah. one little thing in your daily life that acts as a constant reminder of you of God's like blessings and His faithfulness? Absolutely. So um, I think the one thing, uh, I started it when I was in Focus. I was a Focus missionary mm. uh, for four years and one of the things in Focus that they do is daily holy hour, daily mass, and a daily rosary. And mm. to be honest, when I left focus uh, I kind of had to in essence in a way own my prayer life again because it was so set out for us in focus Mm -hmm. and uh, I learned pretty quickly that that holy hour was a necessity for me Uh, I you know 15 minutes 30 minutes driving whatever but I just learned that that holy hour has to come paramount and so uh, during the week especially I'll do my best to do the holy hour and daily mass and a rosary but the key foundational thing for me is definitely that mental prayer that examine that I do in that holy hour yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. how did you moving out of focus how did you kind of readapt to just you know normal everyday life and then make that decision like ah no I need this full hour like, yeah not just absolutely well first and foremost I'm so grateful for the habit that it was instilled uh, yeah. in focus uh, and so after we left focus in 20 uh, 15, I became a teacher at a Catholic high school in Montgomery, mm-hmm. Alabama, where I'm from. And uh, it, even though I wasn't a full-time missionary anymore, I was still a missionary, right, with the high school students. Right. And I realized that apart from him, we can do nothing, right? So yeah. honestly, it did start off with me kind of having some quiet time on the way to school in the morning. And mm-hmm. um, and that's enough, right? And in God's eyes, like he's pleased with whatever we give him. But I, I learned really quickly that I just needed that that time with time with Jesus and so um, a week into school starting I just went back to it and yeah I need that yeah and it was it was a real blessing and um, I think going back to the blessings that you asked I think uh, the first thing I do start off with a little bit of praise in that time Uh, but then in my examine that I do just really just recalling the previous day or that morning and just recounting those blessings and it could be you know, my family or something that happened the previous day, but it always kind of gets everything off on the right track Mm because I've realized that a lot of times we can, and I speak from personal experience, I'll focus on maybe that one or two negative things that happened that day. When you go back in the morning and say, actually, there are countless blessings. Uh, I had a cold sip of water last night after a hot game, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, like, so what a nice. blessing, you know, like, and so um, just thanking God for a couple things really kind of sets the day uh, from a 
perspective of added of gratitude and abundance yeah. instead of like scarcity and negativity so well, and I really like how you mentioned like something as simple as yeah. a glass of water. Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of times I think we can find ourselves, and I found myself actually mm. last night, I was writing down, um, I do a couple of different things uh -huh. at, at night in my, my journal, um, and I'm still trying to figure out what, you know, what morning routine and evening routine oh, yeah. works best for me. Yep. Um, but I was writing down some stuff, and I was like, man, I had, yesterday morning I got the, the great mm. chance to sit down with uh, one of the high school kids from my youth group. Yeah. We met up before school. And I had, by the end of the day, I had completely forgotten about it because yeah. all this sort of stuff happened throughout the day. And I was sitting there and I was like, shoot, like that was so good this yep. morning. And that was, that was still today? Like, yeah. wow. And it's so easy just with like how life goes and things happening yeah. every day just to forget about those little things. For moments. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It kind of goes, tell me about the journaling thing because I know that's like a really fruitful thing too. So how yeah. long have you been doing that? On and, on and off, probably. So on and off in terms of different structures. Yeah. I've been like on it uh -huh. for a, maybe coming up on like two years, mm. year, year and a half, okay. two years. Um, and before that, and again, still kind of refining it, before that yeah. I was very, very intentional about spending time mm. with God. The, mm -hmm. the career that I had at the time, like right out of college, it really allowed me, and pretty much my senior year of college and, and then going out mm -hmm. of it, it really allowed me a good chunk of time in the morning where I'd mm. get up, I'd go to the gym. My, my first thing was just to, to get my body moving. Yeah, yeah. My mind can wake up later. There's there were many mornings when I was like at <laughs> yeah. the gym, like half asleep. Um, but by the time I got home, uh, I would just, I usually, if I timed it right, I'd have about an hour mm -hmm. to, and so I'd like clean up, eat, whatnot. Yeah. Um, but then I loved, this was just like my favorite thing in the yeah. morning. Um, I'd love to just sit there with, I'd make some tea or yeah. some coffee uh -huh. and just sit on the balcony outside. It was like screened in. Yep. Um, and just sit there and sometimes in silence, yeah. sometimes with some worship music mm -hmm. or just any music at all. And just, mm -hmm. but, but something like uplifting, something yeah. good. And just like really spend that time with God. And then as, as you know, life got busy and yep. things went on, I found like, oh no, I actually, I really have to be intentional about setting aside time to mm. write stuff down. And there was enough happening mm. One of the, it's one of those things like I don't I don't know where this came from, but I, I remember it from like back in middle school. And it was like the story that you tell yourself has a tendency to change over time because mm. of certain details you remember clearly, yeah. and so it's it's nothing cynical. But over time, mm -hmm. you remember only specific details, and so they get mm. exaggerated or focused on. Yeah. And so I was like, man, I'm realizing there was a lot of self growth and a lot of things mm. happening. And I was like, I, I want to remember all this but remember it right yep. <laughs> not just my version of it yeah um so that was really the catalyst for starting to write stuff down mm. yeah and very scattered at first it was just like when i felt like it uh -huh. um, and then it became like okay i should do something every night and then gratitude mm. and, and it went to like maybe just mornings maybe mornings and mm. nights and i'm now i'm at a spot where it's a little bit in the morning um more yeah. at night uh -huh. and the one in the morning is really just kind of setting the tone for you know what's what's my purpose mm. what is which i think sitting down every morning and being like what's my actual purpose for oh, today so good yep is, is <laughs> a good is a good challenge because there's the obvious answers of work yep. like what do you have yep. to do um but then the the more meta stuff of like yeah. you know okay in in some sense my my purpose is driving to work in in a in a good manner like right if something happens i could cut off just yeah <laughs> nothing um yeah. so a little bit in the morning and then at night like a good reflection of the day and, and yeah. the gratitude and do i do a little bit of gratitude in the morning and evening but honestly i find that like and this is like literally was thinking mm -hmm. about that this morning i find that just doing a longer 
chunk at the end of the day mm. is better for me. Definitely. Because in the morning, I've got my... Are you doing the Bible in the Year podcast? Yes. Yep. So in the morning, I'll yep. do that. Um, uh-huh. And I find that works actually a little bit better than writing stuff, than, than perhaps writing everything down. Absolutely. Because it yep. just gets my... Like, I'm actually doing something and it gets my mind, like, rolling, like, yeah. doing like, actual daily stuff. So uh-huh. figuring it out. But right now, it's a little bit in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then journaling a lot more, like, at the end of the day. Oh, that's so, beautiful. Yeah. And I think journaling also, especially if you're dealing with struggles or anxieties or fears, like, just bringing them to the light is yeah. so powerful. Uh, so it's a great habit. Yeah. It was, yeah, no, absolutely. And it was funny the other day. So there's actually something that I've been like just thinking about for going on like two and a half years now mm-hmm. and never really had a clear answer for it. Mm. Um, and like sometimes really struggled with it and mm-hmm. been really frustrated. Like, not to the point where I'm like actually mad, but just like, man, mm. like, why can't, like, yeah. really? Nothing yet? <laughs> um, and, and end of last week, I was journaling about something completely different. Uh-huh. And then it made me think, and I was like, oh, shoot, what kind of this? And then all of a sudden, like, a page and a half later yeah. was basically like the, the spirit talking yeah. in my ear of, like, ex- two and a half years of trying to figure something out. Uh-huh. Just boop. There it is. What's God? God's timing. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah right. His timing, exactly. It's mm-hmm. not, it's usually, it's usually a longer wait than yeah. we would anticipate, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> Absolutely. That's wonderful, though. It was. It Glad was you good. got some clarity. Yeah. Yeah, me as well, because <laughs> honestly, I was just like, I was waiting on it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's one of those things where, at least for me, it was a reminder that God's like, hey, I, like, I got this. Yes. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. I'll do it on my time. I'll mm-hmm. make sure it works. You can just relax. Yeah. Well, I think there's, a, there's this quote by Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, mm-hmm. and he said it, um, I think, when he became like this first address. Mm. And he said that the world is destroyed by the impatience of man, but it's saved by the patience of God. And that's really stuck with me since I heard it probably a couple months ago, just how impatient I am with others or with God's will, like why not God now? Um, But also recalling the fact that, you know, he's been so patient with me, right? Mm. And I look back at when I was in college and uh, boy, I was different. Let's just say that. I was different than when it, how I am That's now, but fair. he was so patient and he met me where I was at. And had he given me all this growth in that one instance, I probably couldn't have taken it. But yeah. there was this, this gradual and he was so patient and it's really helped me with my kids and then the team as well, just to be patient with them and meeting them where they're at yeah. uh, and re- recognizing his timing, although it's hard and there's some wrestling there, uh, his timing is best. So, yeah. How do you, because as a coach, you're in a unique position where mm. it's like you just said, it's not just yourself. Yeah. You, you've got 22, 52. 24. Yeah, we have a first team and a second team. It's one team with two groups, and so we. So a lot more. A lot of so them. You, so you have 52 <laughs> other individuals who are also, mm. you know, not just as players developing, but mm. as people throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular, in, in the sense of, of being the coach, is there a particular challenge that, you know, as you've grown into the role, it's. It was something that when you first faced it, you were like, this is like, I'm going to be the enemy. I can't figure this out. Yeah. But kind of looking back on it, you're like, oh, no, I needed this for whatever reason. And oh, absolutely. And uh, I think coming here uh, in 2017, uh, we didn't win a game that first year. Mm. And it was very challenging for me because I came in with a lot of excitement. And uh, it, it, through no one's fault, it's just, just the results didn't go yeah. as I thought they would. And it, I took it very hard. And... Um, I think, yeah, I, I did, and <laughs> and I don't think I 
uh, responded very, very well. Uh, and what I did to, in essence, fix it, quote unquote, was instead of surrendering more, I started to control more mm. for those first couple seasons. Uh, and uh, we, I had this beautiful quote, you know, culture document that I wrote out. And it was 14 pages and it was all these expectations Ooh. and it was just a reaction to um, the season. And yeah. it was sort of me trying to impose my will instead of looking up and saying, Lord, what's your will for this team and yeah. this group of ladies? And uh, through a lot of reflection and a lot of healing, the Lord kind of gently revealed to me that, um, you know, as, as wonderful as that document was, this wasn't really his, his plan, right? And hmm. so um, through prayer and, and some spiritual direction and some mentorship, uh, I just recognized that this isn't my program, it's the Lord's program. I'm a steward of the program. Two yeah. days ago, the daily gospel reading was, you know, about the wise and faithful servant who gives the, ser the other servants and the wise and faithful steward um, who gives his servants the food, their food at the proper time, right? Yeah. And so what's my role? My role is to steward God's program and to give the women what they need in that specific at specific time. And so that may be helping them with their first touch, or it may be sitting down with them with their academics, or it may simply be just listening to them, whatever it is. And so yeah. just that concept of it's not my program, it's his, being a good steward uh, and giving the women what they need. And it's not so much about the wins and losses, because what the women need after a loss may be different from what they need after a win. Yeah. And you can't control the wins sometimes, you can't control the losses, but just meeting them where they're at, being present with them, um, has really kind of honed my own personal vision for coaching. Nice. So, yeah. What do you, in that transition of kind of going from, mm. you know, this is where, this is what I, like that, that initial yeah. gut reaction <laughs> uh, to where you're at now, is there some, either part of the progress or some aspect of it that you're most proud of or you're like, man, oh. I'm glad? Whew. Most proud of. Well, I think first and foremost, right, all the good comes from God, yeah. right? And um, I think that, whew, that's a really good question, Dan. I never thought of that. Um, I think it's a, it's a paradox because in, in the spiritual life, right, when you seek to control, you'd think it would go well because you, you think you have everything all in a nice, that doesn't go well, right? But when you surrender, like the Lord's in control. And so what was really beautiful is the, I, I really started to reflect in December 2019, January 2020 of what I had done the past three years and trying to control and it just didn't go well. Yeah. And it was amazing to see right when I surrendered, like the Lord took over and um, Last season, 2020 season was so beautiful, you know, like the, with the results. But I think it wasn't so much the results as much as it was a fruit of me responding better to His grace, me loving the women better, them receiving that love better, the culture becoming better, yeah. and then everything else fell into place. Right. Uh, because if, you know, if, if I know I'm enough in God's eyes, and I know the women are enough in God's eyes, and we create a culture that says, you're enough, I'm enough, let's do this together, and everything else is gonna take care of itself. And it was a beautiful season, and this, this season so far has been a beautiful season. Mm. We're coming off a couple tough results the last couple games, but overall, the culture is just so much more beautiful. Yeah. Uh, the women are incredible. I'm very grateful to coach them. So I just think responding to His grace, um, I'm so proud of the women too. It's just, it's just a great, great group. Yeah. So, yeah. Was there a moment of now, it's not, it's not like you went out and committed some big crime, so it's, it's right. a little different. But was there a moment of, 
real like realizing you had to forgive yourself for the initial like mm. reaction versus versus actually being able to like because I know the process of surrendering is not something at least in my own life right it doesn't happen like right. that right right um, but but is is there was there a point where you, like you're like man I like I know I need to there's nothing like I was trying to do it right and it was good mm -hmm. intention this and that but a moment when you're like I I forgive myself for the for the mistakes I've made and just and oh, I am yeah. enough. Well, I think that there was this crucial meeting uh, with my supervisor in December of 2019. Yeah. And I was so grateful for that meeting because he was very honest uh, with me. And he said, here are some areas that I see you need to grow. And I think there's that, that difference between niceness, being nice and being kind, right? Like yeah. being nice yeah. could have told me what I wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. But even though it was hard to hear some of the th areas I needed to grow, it was so kind, right? Just Just pinpointing those areas for my own personal growth and yeah. I was so grateful for that and it was like that was like a light switch for me and so it was looking back and and those years 2017 those seasons 2017 through 2019 you don't know what you don't know until yeah. you know it and so I was doing my I thought I was doing well I right. thought I was doing my best until some things were brought to the light and I was like man I, I, I really wasn't and so yeah. I think number one right it, going to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm sorry. And he's just so, so patient, right? So like, like St. Therese, I'm a huge fan of St. Therese, right? Just like every time you fail, just running into his arms, right? And he just embraces you. And so I just received a lot of consolation after yeah. that conversation, which was really, really wonderful. And then you're right, just saying, you know what? I didn't know what I didn't know. And there was a lot of wounds there from my past that I was reacting to too. So yeah. forgiving myself and then asking the women to forgive me too. And we yeah. had a meeting in January of 2020 where I just just said, ladies, here's what I did. Yeah. I'm sorry. Let's move forward together. Yeah. And it was a gradual process. There was a lot of healing that needed to take place. Yeah. Uh, but I was really grateful for that meeting. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I, I think I will always look back at that as a big turning point in my career and in my family life too. Yeah. So, yeah. Would you be willing to share like one or two of those points in the meeting that like that you're like, ooh, I need to? Oh yeah, absolutely. Let me think. Let me think back to that. <laughs> Um, and while you're kind of thinking on it too, I, love, yeah. I like how you just mentioned that it wasn't just when you had that conversation mm -hmm. and that reaction, it wasn't just that in that moment that you were like, oh, this happened and I'm doing this. You're like, oh, all these other things from the past mm. started to like rear their ugly head, so to speak. Oh, big time. And you're like, I didn't know that had yep. any impact on it. But uh -huh. I've, I've seen that in, in yeah. myself in a lot of different circumstances when I'm trying to, to move on and whatnot. Absolutely. That's, that's a real part. It is a real part, and I think that th that's why I think, so that spiritual direction and that mentorship that I received was really important because one can be praying every day and going to Mass, but there are these really deep-seated things that we have that uh, sometimes you just need a little bit of help unearthing we, them. We can't yeah, dig those can't, up. And it's like, it's like a scalpel, the Lord just going in with a scalpel. and. Um, so I was really grateful for someone else sort of shining that light into those places because we can, I was reacting to things that were really deep and I could have fixed them like from kind of like a pharisaical perspective, right? Like externally I'm doing all these right things, yeah. but until it like comes from this internal healing from the heart, like uprooting of those things, mm. like I think we always have the tendency to go back to those things until they're unearthed. So I was really grateful. Uh, for for someone else shining the light, but going back to that question, yeah. I think that um, I think that 
part of that culture that I was creating, right? Like yeah. imposing my will on them. It, it had a lot of it wasn't even soccer related. Mm-hmm. It was a lot about like person. Like their own personal behavior off the field and what I was thinking in essence was like well my team should never do this yeah my team should never underage drink my team should never do this and I wasn't thinking but it was like that deep rooted thing like that's what I was actually doing is being prideful and saying well my team should never do this because I want my team the culture that I create to be good and if anyone does anything that's going to harm the culture that I've created that mm-hmm. my own will then they're in trouble yeah. right and so I think just listening you know one of the things he said was like step back right take some time to really reflect on what's important what's not mm-hmm. and really like recognize that they're human they're young you're human and like just let go of some of that stuff and yeah i mean of course i don't want the team to go out and do crazy things at the same time like why are they doing them and i think that's the most important part and how can i be there for them as they walk through these very tough college years as opposed to my team should never do this and if you do it you're in trouble and that's it right um but college especially now and both of us are not too far removed from it right but even now, you were talking about identity issues before we went on the air, right? Yeah, yeah. And all the things that we receive, but especially them, like social media, um, what society's telling them they are, and, and all this stuff. And, and sometimes they react to that in maybe a negative way, but do they need someone who's going to come in with a iron fist? and Or do they right. need someone who's going to be there and walk with them through this difficult time and be present to them? I think being present to them and just being there is, is sometimes is most of the time just enough. Um, so I think that's one of the things in that meeting that he kind of really helped me reflect on. And you're speaking, <laughs> I'm actually, at the moment, I'm, I'm coaching a high school soccer team. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so I, you're speaking my language in terms yeah. of not knowing the, the players. And that's actually one thing that now I was not a popular kid in high school, okay. like not invited to all the parties and that sort of thing. <laughs> so maybe I just didn't know they were happening. Yeah, yeah. But between youth group and the coaching now, seeing like every single weekend mm. these kids are going out and doing something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there there was the tendency to last year we had a, a I coached them last year as well. Mm-hmm. We had a great group of kids, but wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was which was great. It was fun, it was entertaining, yep. a lot of learning. Um, and then coming into this season, I approached it very differently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I think I'd learned from the youth group where yeah. a lot of the kids, you know, there's one or two of the kids that are like really into their Bible now and like get yeah. into it. And they're, they're hitting that wall of frustration where like kind of like where mm. you said you're trying to impose your will. And it's not it's not because you're like you need to do it my way. It's like, no, you you've and forgive me, like yeah. call me out if I'm, yeah. I'm speaking out of place. But I'm like from my own experience yeah. and whatnot, from how you said it. It's from a place of like I realized what I did that wasn't right, yeah. and if I had yep. only done it this way, and so that's what like you're trying to do. Absolutely. But it doesn't work like yep. that. <laughs> it just doesn't yep. work like yep. that. And so like leading up to this season for the for the gents, um, I did a a one page uh, player player contract and yeah. agreement, and really simple. And of there was that there was that temptation to be like, these are all the things, but I was like yep. that ain't gonna work. Yep. So I was like. 
no cussing on the field. Yep. Because we represent our school and each other. Mm-hmm. We respect mm-hmm. the other team. And then, like, and then just being on time and having all your equipment was the yeah, gist of it. I'm like, absolutely. Three simple things. Yeah. And and I'm gonna and those are gonna be ruled with an iron fist. Yep. But the rest of it, like, I had a great conversation with one of the players after yeah. our tryouts finished yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was about like some other stuff and his family and you know it's he was he he was always like right on time yeah. and then and it was it was a good personal conversation with kind of what you're saying uh-huh. attending to to what they need outside yeah. of that yep. and then letting you know just letting it be yeah so to speak absolutely that's the thing yeah just planting the seed and um, and it sounds to me yes those then those things are important because they sort of relate to on the field performance mm. and at the same time. Right, everything else you want to be able to be approachable, right? Yeah. Like if you're ruling things with an iron fist, and there's going to be the fear there. Mm-hmm. But if you're struggling, if someone's struggling with something off the field, and they just need someone to listen or talk to, it seems yeah. to me that they'd be able to come talk to you. Uh, because, I hope so. Yeah, I, I, I try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because there's that level of trust, and there's not that that judgment, so mm-hmm. to speak. It's just the the meeting them where they're at, and yeah. there's that phrase like meet them where they're at, and don't let them stay there. But I have kind of recognized in my own life, like, I'm going to meet them where they're at, and I'm going to let Jesus do the rest, yes. right? I'm going to be present to them and walk with them and Jesus, because I can't change their hearts. Yeah. It's only Him who can. And yeah. so surrendering them to Him has been amazing. Um, which, is, which is true in every part of life. Oh, yeah. Every person. <laughs> yep. And, took, and I think that took me a while to figure out, too, mm. because there were certain instances, like, with personal relationships, like mm. my family, this or that or whatnot, it's very easy to think differently. Like, yeah. okay, as a coach, this. As a family, yep. this. As, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, this. Yep. And it's like, no, it's the same. Like, I'm not, <laughs> not going to change anyone. Exactly. Like, I really got to yep. just. Yeah. How was that translated into your family? Absolutely. And with the kids, because you've got little, seven is still. Oh, little, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think that. I was talking to one of our players about this several weeks ago, and, and I said... And just for context, uh-huh. for everyone listening and watching, how many kids do you okay, have? Okay, yep. So my, wife's name, yeah, so my wife's name is Danae. Uh, we've been married for 11 years. And then we have... Congrats. Thank you so much. We have James, who's seven. He's mm. in second grade. Johnny's five in kindergarten, who, and Danae teaches kindergarten, so there she's teaching nice. him, which is cool. Gemma is about to turn three, and Josie's about to turn one. So... Um, very lively at home, yeah. especially with Danae being a kindergarten teacher, being around five and six-year-olds all day, all day, and then being a soccer coach when in in-season it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. And so we come home, it's like, doesn't get any, nope. you know, it's like, it just keeps going. it's more crazy. Um, but I think that one of the big things that's honestly recently happened with me is just that word enough that the Holy Spirit just putting on my heart that in a real consolation and, and grace to recognize that I am enough. And what I do is enough. What I mean by that is uh, without God, I'm not enough, right? But with His grace, I am enough and then some. And then what I do is enough. And I think about the multiplications of the, the loaves and the fish, mm. right? Like they didn't think they had enough, but then Jesus did the rest, mm-hmm. right? And so what I do is enough. Um, and so reflecting on that and looking at my kids and saying, they're enough too. Right? Yeah. They're made in the image and likeness of God. They are good. They are enough. And my role as a parent is to steward them because ultimately they belong to God. Mm. And 
it's all about growth, right? And so when I say we're enough, when you think about like the parable of the mustard seed, right? In that moment, the mustard seed in and of itself is enough because it can't be anything besides the mustard seed. At the right. same time, it's called to grow. And then it becomes this huge, beautiful tree, but it's going to be through daily incremental growth. And so I am enough because I can't be anything other than where I am right now. Yeah. And at the same time, the Lord has invited me to grow, uh, but it's going to be daily, slow, incremental growth. And it's the same thing with, with the kids, right? Like you are enough in God's eyes. You're doing enough. At the same time, we're still called to, to grow, to grow each day. Uh, and then there's that level of patience there with them too. Um, but just that reflection on that they're enough, I'm enough, it just really changes everything because they're, they're not lacking in anything, right? Yeah. They're, they're good in and of themselves. And they're ends in and of themselves too, right? And yeah. reflecting on that, yeah. like in terms of the players too, I think a lot of times in sports, coaches can use their players to win games, right? Mm. And they're only good if they are beneficial towards success. Mm. But when you treat the game, when you treat the women and the kids as ends and of themselves, then it's like a whole new perspective. Right. You're there to help them grow, but you can't use them to win games, you know? Right. Uh, culture of use versus just a culture of, of goodness. Yeah. So, mm. How do you walk the line between enough and then nurturing growth? Yeah, I think it's a great, great question. Either with the players or with yeah. your family. Um, I think that Galatians, what is it, chapter 5, 23, the fruits of the Spirit. You're calling out my Bible knowledge because <laughs> <Me neither. laughs> I, like, I couldn't help yeah. you there. But doing, do, helping, like when you're reflecting on my own personal growth, mm treating myself with the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Mm. And so when we're, you're disciplining the kids, it's for their growth. And it, it, I mean, don't get me wrong, this is not my, I mean, I struggle with impatience with them. They, sometimes they drive me crazy. And I'm, but when I approach it, sometimes I don't, but when I approach it from a spirit of gentleness, yeah. um, it goes better, obviously, but you're saying, here's where you're at, here's where you need to be, I love you, let's walk together in it, as opposed to, ah, you know, <laughs> just, just do it, eat your broccoli now, um, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and so I think walking the line, I think the fruits of the spirit are kind of a good, a good, um, a good accountability, a piece of accountability. It's mm -hmm. like, am I approaching this from that perspective, or am I approaching it from a perspective of anger or pride yeah. or control, stuff like that. So almost as in the self-reflection is kind of your compass in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. You can be like, how, yeah. you can be like, all right, in this moment, why, what am I feeling and, and how am I acting? And that kind of gives you that. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I'll tell you a story this morning. So James, uh, we were talking about this before the show, James is choleric. Mm -hmm. uh, and so as a seven-year-old kind of wanting his way all the time and very, uh, sometimes we be a little bit hard to hone, right? And yeah. kind of put, give him that compass. So this morning, he says, Dad, uh, can I watch the golf tournament online after he's lo he loves golf? Can I come home and watch the golf tournament online? He said, sure, buddy. And he said, uh, what golf tournament is on this weekend? And I usually tell him. Yeah. I don't remember a time where I've ever asked him that question. And so he says, is it my duty to tell you every weekend what golf tournament is on? <laughs> and I was like... 
<laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> yes. And so like, but then that, and I think honestly, three months, even three months ago, or even two months ago, I would have just been like, James, go, you are, yeah, and lost it, yeah. right? But just like, okay, gentleness. Like, so I said, what did you, like, I've never asked you that before. Can you see in your tone how that could be inferred as inappropriate? And just walking him through it like that. But I'll tell you in that moment, I was like, <laughs> yes. It was like, holy moly. So I still don't know what golf tournament's on this weekend. I, I, I didn't did look it up. Out? He didn't tell me. So <laughs> it's all good. Oh, that's fruitful. Yeah, nice. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's, it's one of those things where I think I'm learning this. And some people might figure this out in middle school. Some people mm. might never figure it out. But I'm definitely somewhere along the lines. Um, it never stops. Mm. Yes. The, the, you, you're not going to get to a place where you're like, mm. ah, I figured out the fruits of the spirit exactly. for me. I'm not patient and I'm not this. It's like, no. Yep. No, every day there's going to be more. 100%. And it's just going to be, yep. if it's not, that's the thing. <clears throat> With, oh man, to, to spin in like. Yeah, yeah the society today and whatnot with instant gratification and with getting mm. things and this and that it's so it's so easy to think once i get work figured out life's gonna oh, be good yeah. especially yeah. like i'm at the age where all my friends are getting married and having kids and so there's that temptation of like oh once i get that relationship it'll be good yep. no not yep. the case <laughs> and it's like oh once you know once i get here it'll be good it's, yep. it's just that's not how it is Ever. it's yep. always and which ties back into you are enough as you are because that's yeah. all you can be. Absolutely. And it's like, no, like, you're, you're going to be challenged every single day with what's on your plate. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's never going to stop. And it's not, that's not a bad thing. Yep. That means we, we have the opportunity to grow every day. Mm -hmm. But I think it's the, mm. I don't know what the technical term would be, but kind of living in the reality of I'm not, I'm not trying to get to this point and then it's good. Or I'm not trying to get here and here and here. Right. It's like. No, every single day is a constant, just maybe a couple steps back, hopefully a couple more forward. Absolutely. And it's just the ebb and flow and the continual yep. growth. But uh -huh. I'm like, honestly, finally at that point where I think I naturally, subconsciously, I was there through, mm. through my probably, you know, from a little kid all the way up through yeah. my first two years of college. Mm -hmm. Then you actually get hit with some challenges yeah. in life, like some <laughs> real. And I know, and I know people like I, I have, I'm not you know, waving a flag or anything. I had yeah. a very easy mm. life. Right. right. Uh, like, I had a great home. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad are fantastic. Like, I went to good schools. Uh -huh. was able to travel. I faced no real hardship whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so I know, and I, I want to be sensitive to the fact that people face challenges much earlier than that yeah. and at all yeah. different stages. Um, but it's, but, but it, it took that for me to be like, yeah autopilot to turn off and realize no i actually have to work at this yeah absolutely like, this is a daily commitment it is yep doesn't stop like you said no so is there a certain prayer for you what mm. prayer or song that helps you just just brings you back like yeah. in, in a moment or in a situation yeah. where it just kind of recenters you refocuses you be like oh you know what like it, it just connects you back with god oh absolutely i think the easiest prayer is simply the name of Jesus calling to mind his presence. There's power in that. Uh, I like the surrender novena. Have you heard of the surrender novena? Mm -hmm. uh, so it ends every day with 10 times saying, oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Mm -hmm. So that's a big one. Okay. Uh, and then I really like the come Holy Spirit prayer. 
the whole thing uh, and my spiritual director several years back when I was teaching because yeah. I was you know classroom manager I was never it's not my thing I was like um, but praying that before class just helped me recognize that okay praying that the spirit's present and he can move in this classroom even if it seems like chaotic like the spirit's still present and so just to trust that the Holy Spirit's present and so we play we pray that prayer uh, before training before games just to trust that the Holy Spirit's going to guide our training session guide the games etc yeah. those are a couple how about you any yeah, honestly, I've never, it's a bit of a longer form, uh -huh. uh, I'll, I'll give two answers. I've never, ever, ever been in any sort of situation, moment, whether it's just instant or weeks long mm. or years long, where the rosary hasn't completely oh, yeah. just, <laughs> it's wild. I, it yep. can be in the worst, like, yeah. and, I, and I just like, uh, you know what, I can say it, and for the first, the beginning of it is uh, still feeling everything that I yep. was feeling first. Yeah. And then just somehow by the end of it, mm. every single time, yeah. without fail, I'm just like, mm. yeah. it just restored, just peace. centered. It's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's that peace that goes beyond all understanding. Oh, yeah. And I don't, and it's every single time it still blows my mind. Oh, yeah. Um, and then a shorter one is actually, there's a, wonderful little old lady named Josephine uh -huh. um, and and God bless her but she has a, appears to have every physical ailment you could possibly mm -hmm. imagine mm -hmm. and so the woman's she's she's wonderful mm -hmm. um, but she's always in pain or something so it's 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 an interesting it's one of those yeah. things where like yeah um, she's, she's a very special little old yeah. lady mm -hmm. and um, very kind very sweet and she told me one time she also keeps telling me to, she's like, she has two sons, uh, and one's a priest, and, okay. and, and one's not. And she keeps telling me to pray to St. Joseph to be a priest. Oh. Um, and, I, and we've had conversations about yep. it, and I told her, like, there was a point in my life when I, like, right. really discerned it and was like, is this? Mm -hmm. I've always thought, like, I've always really felt called to family life. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but I was like, you know what? Like, this yeah. is what a God, you're going to do your thing. So, uh -huh. um, so that aside, she always teases me about that. She's like, pray to St. Joseph. Yep. But one thing she was... Um, I don't know. I don't know what brought it up, but she was like, she's like, most sacred heart of Jesus, mm. make my heart like yours. Oh, it's beautiful. And yeah. she's like, just, just repeat that. Just say yeah. that. And and I'll f and there's been, I that one I use. It's shorter, but I use it less than the rosary. Right. Because <laughs> um, it's almost like, you know, have you ever played Mario Kart? Yeah. It's like Great the star game. in yep. Mario Kart. That's awesome. Where it's yep. like, it's you don't get it all the time. It's yep. not the the common one, but when you use it. It works, yep. and and so there's been like a couple different times when it's one of those things I just focus in order to block. Like if I'm in something where I yeah. just need to just unplug and just stop listening, I'll just say that on repeat until That's awesome. yeah, until, yeah, yeah. Until, it's, <laughs> until I like I'm thinking about something else or I moved on or whatever. Yeah. But but the rosary for sure. I love I love the rosary so much. Yep. And then um, and then that one, most sacred heart of Jesus, make my heart like yours. And it's awesome. and it's. It also works as a reminder for me, like, mm. what are you really focused on? Yeah. Like, in that moment, mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, because it's, it's easy to be like, all right, God, I want a heart like yours. Right. Okay, but what does that mean? Yes. <laughs> like, make my heart like yours, and what is that? And it's like, okay, would, would I really be concerned about right. what's exactly. consuming my mind and my thoughts and my energy right now? Yep. It's like, mm, yep. probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. He thinks differently than we do. <laughs> I love... I love that as well, uh -huh. and it's funny you said that because in in the uh, 
in that constant realization that this is a work in progress yeah. and it will be mm -hmm. forever, mm -hmm. at least for me, um, realizing that you, I love uh, the, the fear of the Lord begins with wisdom or wisdom mm -hmm. begins with the yes. fear of the Lord. Yep. Um, and it's like, as, as we grow and we start to develop and get a little, like, mm. we get better. We can discern things quicker yep. and figure stuff out. <laughs> and so it's realizing, like, oh, yeah, like, I can, there's, there's moments where I've caught myself, like, oh, I know, like, I'm, I'm better than I was before. And I, can, I'm, mm. I realize I'm making these better decisions. Yep. But then I'll, I'll get hung up on something and be like, man, like, I thought I was better before. Yeah. And, like, I thought I saw where this was going. And it's yep. like, hey, you, the little mustard seed, you're growing. Yep. But but God still is on oh, a completely man. different uh, yeah, different wavelength. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. And that's an understatement. Yeah, yeah, it's like so. So don't be frustrated. Yeah, because you are growing. Yep. But all, but at the same time, as as good as di at discerning or as wise as you're gonna get. Yeah, he's still thinking about stuff that you couldn't even begin to comprehend. Exactly. So don't no, worry I'm about it. <laughs> yeah, I think over the past couple um, games, really, that that's come come to mind because. Um, we it, three weeks ago, less than a month ago, we played the number five team in the country. We beat them, which was amazing. Oh, and then we beat another that. tough conference opponent, and now we've lost four games in a row. And so there's like this. So I, I thought, right, like like mm. surrender to to divine providence, right? Like there's that sense of or whatever right. happens, I'm I'm with you. I surrender myself to you, mm. and. Over the last four games, we've had a couple key injuries and things like that, and there's been some serious wrestling, right? Because like, we're putting you first, Lord. Like, can't you glorify your name through some wins? Because it's like, and I feel like right now for the team, it's like an uphill battle in terms of the results. But our assistant coach Talia Meza, this morning, in fact, she she said this. She was reflecting. One of her penance after confession was um, reflecting on. Um, I'm the vine, you are the branches, and he prunes us, right? That pruning, mm. right? And so um, apart from him, we can do nothing, and we're growing because of him, but there's going to be pruning, and there's going yeah. to be suffering, and it's for the good, uh, and we can trust that, but it's going to hurt. But it's also beautiful and for your good. And so just reflecting on that for the team, like she just said, I think right now we're being pruned, and we can either fight against it, or we can just like accept it and receive it and trust that he has a bigger plan in mind, uh, which was so reassuring, because uh, just because you're putting him first, you know, there, there's, there's these movies out there, like Facing the Giants, mm -hmm. and these books, it's like you put God first, and then these miracles will yeah. start happening, right? Those are all fiction. And I'm sure there, God, do, God does work miracles, but there's also the suffering too, and yeah. it's a both and, and it's for all for his glory, and all for, to get us to heaven, really. Like, And so, I'm really glad you reflected on that, because, I thought, you know, all right, I can handle everything. But in prayer the last couple of weeks, it's been like, Lord, like, what are you doing? This is really hard. And I think it's okay to wrestle with them, yeah. right? Because you feel the way you feel. Those are human emotions. At the end of the day, like, that's surrender. Like, but I still trust you. Yeah. I still trust you. Yeah. I love her, I don't know what the word would be, but her thought of, you know, we're being pruned and we can either mm. let it, yeah. Let it work in our hearts, mm -hmm. or we can fight against it. Because I yeah. think it's one of those things where, and even in movies like Facing the Giants and whatnot, the coach, you know, the whole story is about the football team. Yeah. But the reality is, you know, he and his, the big, a big part of that was you know, they've struggled financially, yeah. and then they, they were trying to have a family. Exactly, and they infertility, yep. And 
you know, it's very easy to overlook it in the film right. because you're focused on the highs, yep. and the, the the emotions, and the dopamine. Like, oh, this is happening. Uh -huh. Football team and this. But if we, but if like, I think you can make it. This is an interesting concept, yeah. just in my head. Um, but you can make it a movie about one day of someone's life, yeah. like a full production, because yeah. the emotional range of one day of him going to football and things being yeah. great, um, and then you know getting to that championship, that state championship, but then going home and still not having yeah. the battle between the two. So much yeah. because yeah, it's it's like okay, there are going to be yeah. those wins, those things that when you surrender. Yeah. Um, but I think go all the like, way bringing full circle back to the journaling, yeah. we can forget about it. Yeah. We can forget about the good things exactly. because of all this other stuff yep. happening. That's and so then true. it's just mm. and then and then we go from the pruning actually helping us to grow and, and refine yeah. to to really fighting against it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's the truth. So that hits that yeah, that's very true. Get you. Get you. So. Has there been any mentors in your life that have mm -hmm. been like really instrumental and you talk about your spiritual director a mm -hmm. bunch mm -hmm. um so maybe him or her and, and as well as as someone else but it's really been instrumental in the past couple of years for you or earlier than that yeah and kind of directing you absolutely um i think that i really did have wonderful parents so first mm. and foremost uh, my mom yeah. is a cradle catholic and she's she's praying rosaries after rosary and I fell away in college but through she's like my Saint Monica she really yeah. prayed me back into the church uh, thank, my dad thank the Lord for oh, moms, oh, moms for good moms and, yeah. and dads but both and uh, my dad really good leader so just watching him uh, he was an executive in a television company and so mm. really just watching his leadership and how he treated people fairly and justly was really beautiful uh, and obviously um, so my parents uh, my spiritual director was very helpful when I was in Focus. Uh, he was he was in Dubuque, Iowa, uh, and then when we left Dubuque, Iowa, because I was we were stationed at Loris College, we mm. actually kept going on Skype for a couple of years. That was very okay. fruitful. Uh, and then recently, if you don't mind me sharing, I've yeah, been please. actually uh, there's this mentorship program through Catholic Psych Institute, mm. uh, and it's out of New York. And if you actually call it like counseling or therapy. You can't do it because it's interstate boundary laws and stuff. But if you call it mentorship, you can actually do okay. it. And it's through an app called Voxer. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of it. I had never heard of it, but I'm sure most I people didn't, have. I didn't know that yeah, one. Okay. Yeah. And so you talk for 15 minutes. Uh, and she's, she's she, I forget, she um, she's a licensed therapist. She's a doctor. So you talk for 15 minutes about whatever you want to talk about yeah. into Voxer. And then either that day or the next day she'll respond. And it's just this daily conversation going back and forth. And that's one of the things that's borne a lot of fruit in my life in terms of having someone else shine a light in some of those areas. Yeah. Like you're in a cave and then someone else has a different perspective and yeah. kind of uproots it. And so the last half year um, going through that with her uh, has been extraordinarily healing uh, and for something that I think I will always be grateful for. Uh, so, so I think my parents, spiritual director, different leaders in focus were, were wonderful. Uh, my wife is the holiest, most beautiful woman I know. She reminds me of Mary. Um, not that I ever knew her personally, but what I gather yeah. Mary would be like. Uh, so she's my best friend and such a gift to me. The best gift God's ever given me is her and those crazy kiddos. The Sons of Thunder, James and John. And if you, you ever imagine what they would be like, it's James. You got it's our, it's You ours. got the yep. kid. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say so. Was, was that a, a real inspiration behind the names? 
Kind of I, so we, my my dad's name is James. Okay. Uh, so we wanted to do the namesake, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, Saint John Neumann was actually really pivotal, and because we struggled with infertility for about four years, mm. uh, and we were at a focus interview weekend in Philadelphia, and so my wife went to his shrine and prayed that we would conceive, and two weeks later we conceived, That's and awesome. so Saint John Neumann was a big one, and so we thought James and oh Sons of Thunder, and now it just is, we spoke them into existence, and, and there and, they and are. <laughs> they're, Sons of Thunder. <laughs> so when the golf tournament's on and it's going like crazy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is what it is. That is what it is. Yep. That's so. wild. Uh -huh. Well, that I mean, that honestly, I wish we could keep talking forever. Oh, of course, but, me too, But Dan. that wraps us up with great. our time. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate you Thank sharing you, that Dan. with me yeah, and sharing great. a bit about your story and, and uh -huh. all that sort of stuff. And we'll, we'll continue to stay in touch because I'd, I'd love to hear more and I talk to you more to about it. it. Yep. Cool. Well, and thank you so much, guys, for joining us to uh, for this for this episode of the Common Good Show, brought to you guys by Guadalupe Roastery in partnership with Maria Vision. We'll see you next time. Thank you.